You never know. Yeah. Chuck D said on the soundtrack, don't freestyle much, but I write them like such. Speaking of weird, Chuck D's going to come back around in this one. Ha <laughs> ha! How you doing, Jared? Good. Good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm having a good day. I know we're tuned up, man. Yeah, you feel good. <laughs> you look. You look great. We're just we're just tuned up right now. Like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, dude. I want to throw this out there to uh, sponsors who have no idea. Fucking the Ophovens did a sound bath. Um, what? So uh, listen, Pete. Uh, not every Friday night, but maybe once a month or so. Um, you pay like 35 bucks, you go in there, they do a guided meditation, then they play an assortment of crystal bowls and a gong. What? And you just fucking chill. It's a cacao <laughs> ceremony. Cacao. cacao. Bam. Cacao. You're relaxed. It's how you get a watch up your asshole. <laughs> it was awesome. So wow. here's the Ophovens for their here's cacao ceremony. Nice. They have no idea. They have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. I missed um, out. When's the next one? I don't know. Maybe a month. Could use a chill. Would you? Would you do that? Would you? Would you go? I let him do like a psychic reading on my body that one time <laughs> after the podcast. That's right. <laughs> that, I described that poorly. I'm sorry, Pete. Uh, he would. He could Energy tell you reading. what that. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I'm down. I'm, I'm down for all kinds of freaky shit, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm down for it. Yeah, what you got? I think the lead singer of this fucking next band is down for all kinds of freaky shit oh, too. Oh my god, this is the next episode, and this episode is nothing shocking. Nothing's shocking. Nothing apostrophe s shocking. Nothing is. Yes, dude, they called it. <laughs> dude, they called it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do, should we get straight into this fucking? Might thing as or what? well. I mean, we're so we're talking about Jane's addiction, and that we're doing second albums is the thing right now. This uh, season, in quotes, will be the second albums, and uh, I think mainly we're trying to find ones that are better than the first album. Yeah, yeah, for various reasons. I think that I think we're gonna. I think that truth is gonna reveal itself to us the further we go down right. this path. The sophomore swing, not the slump. Mm-hmm. It's when you get down on it. The bands that got faced with stardom or uh, uh, some success that they got invested in and fucking doubled down and nailed it. Or they fucking put out a shit first album and then proved everybody wrong with the second one. There's a lot of ways this cat can get skinned. You know, it's all stats. Um, Jane's Addiction's first album. We're talking about the live album. You can't look at that picture anymore. I can't look at that picture anymore. It was kind of live, right? Can I say kind of live? Like like Guns N' Roses' album was kind of live, but not really. Yeah. Yeah, their their first album, which is um, typically referred to as Triple X, all right. That's like it's all live cuts, and um, it sounds great. Got a lot of movement to it. They do a few covers on there. Sympathy for the Devil was on there. Sympathy for the Devil, rock and roll a little bit, and then also um, uh, L.A. Woman. That's right. I think L.A. Woman. Maybe no. Maybe that was on something else. I could see that. That was on something else. I could. Totally, they must have covered that. They right? did that though. Yeah, they did a great job picture that in my mind's eye so they get they get popular ish i guess in the la scene and think about what else was going on in early 80s la when this band was forming oh the hair metal fucking hair metal is just like starting yeah it's coming off of that 70s rock it's just them and the chili peppers trying to hold it down (laughs) (laughs) and uh fucking guns and roses yeah yeah you know i feel like these three bands chili peppers guns and roses and jane's addiction orbited each other 
at the same time throughout uh, the scene in L.A. quintessential L.A. bands. I'm thinking Venice Beach and, and kind of grimy. You know, there's some cool underground art. There's a fucking artist, uh, Chris Burden, who's right. uh, doing some amazing fucking installation shit around that time. And Hollywood's always kind of shitty anyway and gross, so that's going to have an influence. Yeah. One yeah. way or the other. I talked to McMullen, uh, you know, a few years ago about this time as some place to be desired to like you kind of wish you were there he he brought up this conversation it was really fun but early <clears throat> 80s venice beach california area that, there was a there's an energy oh going God. on there you know yeah you could see uh like the germs play their last show or something or the go-go is starting up or yeah a number of things and you and i we're just starting to wake up at this point yeah, uh, yeah, that's the one thing I want to say. Like, I didn't listen to this album when it came out because I was fucking 13. Good point, Jared. This album is probably the first album I went back into a band's career because I liked their third one so much. Mm-hmm. And that was Ritual. Yeah. So that album fucking I loved. It got me off of uh, or onto and past fucking Van Halen. <sighs> that's what I'm saying is... OU812 came out the same year as this album. <laughs> it was this album, and I was listening to shit out of OU812. I'm yeah. Van Halen since like second grade. <laughs> that was like my first. That was my first band. So I was feeling that, but I was also really into Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. That was large. That was my lawnmower and fuck you, dad album. That was yeah, everything sure. to a 13 year old boy. <laughs> the was cover, all there. the cover, um, all the way through the music. Oh yeah. And we can talk about fucking the cover of this album, too, at some point. It's worth mentioning. Um, do you know what else came out the same year as this album, which was 1988? Yeah. Right? You got that information, In too? August of 1988. Yeah. I also went to Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even click on Wikipedia. You wouldn't need to. I, just... I'm, I'm th- I was thinking you're just going to... This is the day you were born for, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> this is your time. I, I tell you, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about nothing <laughs> shocking. Um, and that's probably not shocking that I'm excited to talk about no. this. Dude, it's all coming back around. Maybe we are in a matrix. We, we, quite honestly, I'm fine with because if I had to wake up and all of a sudden, like, I, I, I'm like, I'm a jello body that's been fucking in a no, cocoon for a while. Fuck that, dude. No, put me back in the... I don't need the, to, here's, let me tell you this. Where'd lady go? There's no way Keanu Reeves was fucking cut like that when he was in that pod for no, he 30 years like of his a, life. You can, no, you can come out there looking like Gandhi after a month-long hunger strike. You think the fucking robots knew to, like, jiggle the water every now and then? You think they shook those they pods those just to get... those little machines, like the ones people use in the 20s that would just shake them and it was supposed to make them... <laughs> Make them fit with the big bands. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Bugs Bunny always used them. <laughs> like Kellogg, the fucking guy who came up with Kellogg. That's right. <laughs> he, he was Road to Wellville. Great, uh, great fucking movie. I envision that some some kind of apparatus like that. Because you're right, he shouldn't have abs. <laughs> no, but but I digest. Fucking Nation of Millions came out. Uh, yeah, 1988. Yeah, I was also very into hip hop at that time. Sure, that was all the things brewing when this arrived that I so I didn't have time for and Grant I don't think they were that famous in 1988 honestly either like they wouldn't Change make addiction? it yeah they wouldn't be so mainstream that a 13 year old kid would have easy access to it if you didn't like a cool older brother or some shit it's what I love about this band is they unless you were in that fucking scene they flew under the radar for a long time 
but everybody knew they were killing it. Mm. And they did this thing where they didn't just have all guitar rock, and it's a heavy guitar rock band. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into fucking uh, Eric Avery, Avery playing bass and Steve Perkins drums too. All that, um, which really add the, a lot of fucking foundation to this uh, these guys. But um, they didn't just have then that one ballad. This was uh, kind of it was tough to throw Jane's Addiction into a category because they could bring a room down, they can make you listen to them, and then they can just assault you with sound. Fantastic mood creators. Yeah. So also, what came out is Injustice for All. <laughs> all right. First is that the first Jason Newstead? I believe I want to say it was. But doesn't matter. They had them all the way turned down anyway. So <laughs> they did. Yeah. Another guitar heavy band. A little bit. A lot. This. This area in music real guitar heavy there. and this is before nirvana popped yeah did i just say that exactly like someone from fucking long island <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and that's even that's like the that's like the stuff we're talking about that's even like the cool stuff i actually wrote down the week that this album came out this is, these are the top 10 singles on, on yeah. the Billboard Top 100 or the Hot 100. <laughs> this was the top 10 of August 20th, 1988. I'm going to do them backwards down to one. I'm going to yeah, count yeah, them yeah. down. It's a yeah, count. Yeah. Letterman down. style. Yeah. NASA style, which he bit. <laughs> I was thinking more Casey Kasem, but uh, anyway, Fast Car, Tracy Chapman, oh, number 10. It's a good tune. Good, good jam. Yeah. That's, you remember puts, that puts you in the time you're like oh yeah right 7th grade boners I don't know Sweet Child of Mine at number 9 Guns N' Roses Ooh, which checks strong. out they were large yeah we're talking 1988 yeah August number 8 number 8 is Terrence Trent Darby Sign Your Name Across My Heart <laughs> which that song is sexy as hell yeah. if that's not on your fuck jam uh, playlist on Amazon Music. Get get to clicking because that Terrence Trent will make magic happen. I tried to make a fuck jam Amazon playlist, but it keeps autocorrecting to Duck Jam. <laughs> and I just want to say to Siri and every fucking uh, you know AI that's developing, how often do I type Duck? Right. Very every, rare. Every time you get a new phone and it takes it like two months to get used to you and you're fouled <laughs> typing, won't, it won't let go of Duck. Oh, uh, my nose now. It's just, oh, you're trying. It will autocorrect. Fuck for me now. I just, fuck. Nice. AI is not all bad. Number seven. This is this is a, this one. I remember this song, but you'd be forgiven for not. Hands to heaven by breathe. And this was the total seventh grade slow dance. I don't know. So, it. I, so I can't raise think. your hands to heaven and pray. Very. Uh, I don't know if they were British or what. They were very uh, big on the uh, West Coast. Fancy lads, and they yeah. sang this fancy. Anyway, that was number. What was that? Seven. Was number seven. Number six. I don't want to live without your love, Chicago. Uh, I, I couldn't sing that one. I, I, I can't pull it to mind. Yeah, but eighty-eight. That's a little late for Chicago. Yeah, way to hang in there, and we'll True. get to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember that song. Make me lose control by Eric Carmen at number five. Eric Cartman. Eric Cartman. What? Let me lose control. Uh, number four. I don't want to go on with you like that. Elton John. This is just... Uh, we're all un- over the map here. Yeah, and understand what we're coming off of. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of late fucking um, 
players in the game right here. Mm-hmm. You know, before before they have this resurgence, you know, El- Elton John really didn't just, didn't go away. No, so Chicago kind of went away. John. Maybe they're probably on tour right now. I'm a dick. Emerald Queen. Yeah, she's going to see Chicago. Those fucking horns ain't cheap. Got to pay for horn polish. Hey, a horn is an expensive instrument. I'm telling you. Oh, so much spit. Makes you double take. And now we enter the top three. One, two, three is the name of the song. Can you tell me who sang it? Uh-uh. Gloria Estefan. Okay. It's deceiving because it's one, two, three, but she's, she counts all the way up to four. And she actually gets as high as like seven or eight in the song. So it's it's, you know. Yeah, I'll let it pass. Number two, Monkey by George Michael. And let me tell you, that's a stone jam. Yeah, respect. Yeah, R.I.P. Number one that week, as this album is being released into the world for people to take in, to drive around in in the car, listen to the radio, they're probably most likely going to hear Roll With It by Steve Winwood. It's the number one song of that week. But that that was huge. That was a large That fucking song was, yeah crazy that those those things would be on the charts look yeah. at the charts now and yeah, it's yeah. a little this and but this this album also you know it didn't chart and it took a while to to really oh, get yeah. the respect you know crack the top hundy yeah yeah nobody knew uh, cool cool people knew especially but also junior high us dude i remember jamming with greg bobby to roll with it baby it was one of his favorite songs at the time. And there's no way I could handle Jane's addiction at this no, time. No, Couldn't process it. Which is so encouraging that these guys are fucking just destroying it. And it's just off your radar. Yeah, yeah. They didn't need you. Yeah. <laughs> they I, had okay. it under control. So, so I listened to this today at work. I told the guys we were working with, I was like, at some point, we're going to listen to Nothing Shocking by Jane's Addiction. But he got a fucking problem with that. <laughs> Nobody had a problem with no. it. But also there was like uh, two people who had never heard of Jane's Addiction. Oh, shit. And uh, and that was fine. We go get our how coffee. Young, how we young were they? 28. Uh, uh, it was Jordan. It was Jordan from fucking too- Seahawks. Now, he, he listens to a lot of different music, right. but I could see this being off his radar. But what Jordan said, here's a quote from him. After like the third song, he goes, is this the same band? Uh-huh. Which I think is indicative of their sound. If if you know all their tunes, and there's not a ton of tunes, so this is yeah, one of the few bands that I know the names. These guys. Yeah, yeah I, I can track all the names. I forgot about the last album they put out when I was scrolling down the page. I thought Strays was the last album they put out. Yeah, okay, so where I sit with Jade's Addiction is the last album they put out was fucking Ritual. <laughs> and then there was other albums that came out with, you know. Yeah, I'm with you. They, they, got, they got two albums in my book. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't right. even count that first one, honestly. When you, <laughs> said, when, you said, yeah. when you said nothing shocking, I'm like, no, we're doing second albums, Chris. But you got me on technicality. That was an actual released album. It was not a demo. Yeah. It was on a label. And, and fucking counts. You know, they don't have a huge discography. And, and like I said, in my world, there's yeah, three two albums. albums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's anything. Else. I lost my notes. Um, do you know if this album won any awards? I don't think so. Yeah. Not, not at the time. Do you? I don't think they retroactively won a Grammy either. Do you know who won like the best uh, hard rock album? Of 1988? Metallica? Jethro Tull. No. Yep. Is that the year? Yeah. I always hear about that story where Jethro Tull beats out Metallica. 
And yeah. I didn't realize it was 1988, but that makes sense. It's the Justice for... Or, uh, yeah. That was right, Justice for All? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that album was a fucking monster. That video, for one, was all creepy with the movie with the guy that was like a... We're getting into the, the fucking age of creepy video. And Metallica, for all of their benefit and all of their um, you know downsides or whatnot... They they embraced it say early on. Say what you on. will about Metallica. Say what you thank you. I didn't want to say downsides because you know I don't want to diminish them as people. I Forget mean, you ever saw some kind of monster. That's weird. I that's wish we all exactly could. what I was thinking. I wish of. We all could just forget. What I I've watched it a couple times and I so desperately want to watch that with Joey Mazak. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just hear conversations that that would comments when yeah. I watch it. Like he's he's right. <sighs> Bringing it right back around, Chris. The last time I ran into Dave Navarro personally was at the screening of some kind of monster that I went to with Mike Voss. <laughs> the, uh, the last time, the very last time that it ever <laughs> happened. No shit. Probably the first two, but uh, yeah, I was like, "Who's that tiny dude in a hoodie?" And I was like, "Nice eyeliner." Oh, hey, <laughs> we didn't say nothing. We kept strolling, but it was like that was two. Th- I mean, was that two thousand? 2003 somewhere early 2000s right yeah 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 so he was well out of the chilies but i mean i was me and mike were like chili worshipers so he was double cool in our book a tiny man he tiny, seems tiny small man, but that's why he fit in the, with the chili peppers hope you enjoyed the film <laughs> i didn't ask him his opinion after the film <laughs> what, do you, what do you think Lars is kind of a, a dick right <laughs> they all seem they're all everybody but uh was the guitar player Metallica. Yeah, Kirk. Kirk Hammett. I would chill with Kirk. He looks like a gentle soul. If we just get some waves, ride horses. Yeah. Totally kick it with that dude. And he's a shredder. Did you hear me just chip my front teeth on this coffee I cup? Did. I'm not going to do it again. But enough about them. Let's talk. Are we not doing justice for all? Yeah, no. Oh, is, that, is that their second? No, I don't think so. No. Um, kill them all, ride the lightning. Maybe there's a couple before that. Metal up your ass was supposed to be... Anyway, uh-huh. the toilet with I remember the T-shirt. <laughs> but this was oh '88 man. It was like really big in my where I went to school, like Kent Junior High. I went to two. <laughs> I went to two schools in in seventh grade, and uh, it was Redmond High School or Junior High and Kent Junior High. Very different places, Chris. Very yeah. different places. But it was cool in Kent Junior High to wear like the metal shirts, like. Iron Maiden had the best fucking teacher, like Eddie doing just ill shit yeah, on the back. Yeah. All that was Metallica t-shirts with like bloody axes and stuff. It was yeah. game on. No, it was it was also a heyday for graphic design and illustration. Oh, the Heshers were having a field day at Kent Junior High in 1988. Yeah, and power to art because people, you know, were reacting to it. Yeah, we're we're, we're just about to get um, uh, Tipper Gore. Wanting to have the stamps on the PMRC you know, explicit lyrics and stuff like that, which you know that's that's actually not that bad. I, Sold a lot of albums. Uh, the record business owes her. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there was um, it was a time when uh, the population was like, yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> you know, there's like the artists are like, you can't put that on there and all that, and I, I totally get that. Now I think it's a slippery slope because when you watch TV. You're almost always seeing an icon in the corner. Tells you the rating. Used to fucking drive me nuts, but icons are popping up all over. I think that parental warning 
was one of the first icons that it was okay to put over a piece of artwork. And these album covers, Metallica and fucking Slayer and Jane's Addiction have fucking rad artwork, things that are provocative, you know? And this one... Yeah. I think this was before that happened. And on the cover is two Siamese, or one Siamese twins. This is, that's a, boy, that's a wow. PC. Yeah. I just want to say, forgive me for not being able to. Siamese twins, uh, conjoined, I think, is actually conjo- the preferred nomenclature, man. A set, though? Are they like pants where you have like a pair of pants? <laughs> like socks. But, so if you only have one leg, it's a pant? I don't know. Pantaloon. So you got two trouser ladies who are fucking <laughs> sitting on the cover, conjoined. Heads of flame. Heads on fire. I'm looking at it right and now. One of the most badass rocking chairs. Right? Oh, uh, and in, they, inset over cowhide. I don't know. It's right? like a Holstein and cow. They, and the color of it was so beautiful because it was like black and white except for Jane's Addiction, which is, a, a, again, like an intriguing name to a, a, to an album or to a band. Um is like in that green, like that mint green. Just sets it yeah. off. It's got artistry to it for sure. And you wonder what the fuck's going on there. Like almost illegible handwriting. Yeah. So why don't you start us off? Let's get into this album. How do these guys start this? With the bass. God, we're going to talk a lot about bass on this. Eric Avery is from that... He, he's almost like a lead ba- bass player. Yeah. Him and Stephen Perkins. He, they, they, just them playing together, you got your song. So we're 20 seconds into this, no lyrics yet, which is a bold fucking move. I was going to say how much I love the lyrics of this song, actually. Sure. Uh, I didn't know you were saying home till I read the inside of the album, which the lyrics came with. Or the album came with the lyrics, yeah. you know what I'm saying. It's a great show opener, too. This song became their intro to most of their shows after that. You've seen them a bunch, right? No. no. I've seen them never when, never before they broke up, though I had a couple okay. chances. The first breakup. Yeah. The original breakup. And then I saw them with Flea, oh, nice. and it was great. And I saw them, I saw Porn of a Pyro a number of times, and then I got to see him with Nine Inch Nails at the Gorge right. with Eric with Avery. Yeah, that was nice, because that was... The one and only time I got to see him with Eric Avery. How it, it made the difference. And Eric Avery, with his bass lines, knew that, that where that pocket is. Some guitar going on right there, though. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, bro. But we're not talking about you right now, Dave. We're talking yeah. about Eric Avery. Yeah, yeah, give us a break, eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he's coming from that Bauhaus, that Joy Division kind of Oh, he's um, very bottom a disciple of Peter Hook. Like, yeah. Peter Hook was a lead bass player as well. Yeah. Last name like Hook, come on. So, uh, so uh, you know, start this second album off with this high production. This is their first album yeah. where they have high production. This is Dave Jordan or Jordan. I yeah. don't know how you say it. Yeah, did Jordans another, did another awesome second album. Yeah, he produced Dirt. He also produced Facelift, but he also produced Dirt. <laughs> Dude. Which I don't know if we even want to go there, but that is one hell of a second album. Holy shit. Well, let's write that down. Write uh, it's, it's, you in, can... it's on my mind. It's, it's, it's sure. described. Wow. But uh, yeah, we're seeing a pattern here. Bob Leckie, Dave Jordan, 
They'll make your second album sound real nice. Holy shit, dude. This is like <laughs> Illuminati stuff. Yeah, we're breaking down the codes. <laughs> He's still just wailing away. Yeah, you, you don't got... know what's going on. But you're but grooving. The, yeah, and the little vocal effects. you got the echo on it. Yeah. You know, as a band, these guys knew how to bring a room together. Let's all get on the same page because we're about to fucking just go nuts. Something to be said about chemistry. Yeah. And it's there or it's not. You can't just come into a situation and have chemistry. That's, right. It's a rare find. This is where I think Perry Farrell um, is pulling from Led Zeppelin, where they could just spellbind a room. Yeah. You know? There, there were Zeppelin comparisons when they, you know, they're, like, they're very sexual band. Yeah. They had sex was a big part of their shtick. Weren't afraid of that <laughs> feminine side that, you yeah. know? A little androgynous. Yeah. Oh, ocean size. Yeah. There's Stephen Bergens playing real gentle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some great drum moments on this album. And it's not being a drummer, I, I, I can recognize good drumming, but it, it's usually like the really cool stuff that'll actually yank me out of it and be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And there's several moments like that on this album. Yeah, and, and uh, this album's drumming-wise, <clears throat> a little more bombastic uh, overall. And as, as to the Zeppelin-iness of it yeah, all. Yeah. Um, this is where he's hitting those pockets. And then halfway through, you realize this fucking guy can really play those time. Toms. Times. Those timing Stom toms. Time. Oh, that's what I told him in the studio one. It, it's, it's Stephen Perkins is my first drum hero. Yeah. I think a lot of people's drum heroes. I... In high school, I remember like the cool kid, like when you ask him who your favorite guitar player, I'm like, oh, Eddie Van Halen is my favorite. And yeah. I, I wasn't even ashamed. And one day I met a kid who was super cool. I was like, Yeah, I'm really into Dave Navarro. I was like, Fuck. Yeah? He's like, Yeah, he's dope. I was like, Okay. <laughs> the best comment I heard about David Navarro celebrating how good he is, mm-hmm. he goes, yeah. This guy goes, Yeah, that guy, he can fucking solo up here, he can solo down there. <laughs> And this guy was a good guitarist, so yeah. he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> he can do it here. He's over there. He's like, Dude, what do you want from me? And then you got Bobby Noodles during that show who fucking... Oh, he blew his mind. Blew his mind. Finally realized, he's like, that guy's a ripper. Yes, he's a fan of the shredder. He, he loves shredding guitar. Yeah. He didn't know what he was missing out on. Dave is a shredder. He's a, he's straight up metalhead. Yeah. Uh, my... Right there. RQ. Wheelie, 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 wheelie. Wow, wow, wow. Guitar lines sometimes seem like violently crying. Yeah, it's very LA. Yeah. These guys are very LA. They're like they're really like the next generation's Van Halen, and I always thought that. So yeah, and I'm picturing their rooms that they're playing in right now with this shit when it was fresh, nineteen eighty eight, maybe nineteen eighty six, because they had a couple of these tunes already. Clubs. Clubs. Sweaty fucking clubs that are going off the hook. Yeah. And there's, I mean, it's it's that dark, smoky club. Even the theater shows look sick. Like you watch, uh, what's the video from around this time? Soul Kiss. Yeah. You watch yeah. The, which was at the Moor or the Paramount? It was one of them. Yeah. And those shows look crazy. Can you imagine walking down the street while this is playing in a room and you hear it? You hear it on these fucking L.A. streets. Yeah. And then whether you decide to go in or not, like, I mean, dude, 
That's incredible. Right. I don't know if Mother Love Bone played with them in that show, but that was like that was like our big they, they, band at that time. At I that know they interacted, but I don't know if they played the show. With the them. history of that show is Mother Love Bone played with them, but Mother Love Bone wanted to go on second, even though they knew they couldn't, you know, with Jane's Addiction. And so it went to an in- Indian leg wrestling and fucking... <laughs> Shut up. My man Steve the Perkins came through with them fucking bass drum legs. The fuck out of here. Them down. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. Well, that's a, you're not going to get those kind of tidbits yeah. on any other podcast. No, just right here. That's exclusive. <laughs> that's it. There's a total exclusive. Um, there was there was a talk of sunglasses theft uh, oh. that Andy Woods stole Perry Farrell's uh, sunglasses with the oblong lenses. You yeah. know that were kind of off kilter. Yeah, and you see him wearing them on the Mother Love Bone album. These kind of seem like kindred spirits in a way. For sure. For sure. Except I kind of think Andrew Wood wasn't a douchebag. You think Perry's a douchebag? <laughs> think... Let me give you some numbers, Chris. <laughs> they broke up during the making of this album because uh, <laughs> Mr. Personality decided he was entitled to 62.5% of all the band's earnings. You saying Perry started big-timing them with this album? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. He said he should get 50% of the publishing because he writes the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Well, he should also get a quarter of it because he contributes to the music out of the four of them. Right, right. So, so everybody in the band gets 12.5%. Perry gets 62.5%. Is that how it, it went down? Or That's how it went down. Because notably on their albums, there's four publishing companies. Right. One of them's getting 12, one of them's getting 12, one of them's getting 12, and one of them gets 62.5. That's an asshole move. Make you play angry guitar like this. It's because he didn't have a good relationship with his dad, and he's going to sing about it here. Yeah. Actually, you know what I learned on Wikipedia? What? Eric Avery wrote this song. Lyrics That's who was... I was talking about. Oh, was it? Good. No, no. Was it? Back you, you, hit me. you just hit me with a bunch of stuff I had no idea about. That, well, I had no idea either. I was like, ah. I, I mean, I knew he wrote music. I mean, you can't listen to any of these songs and be like, oh, the bass player didn't write this song. The song is a bass line. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he did lyrics too, I guess. I'm sure. No shit. Yeah. Well, he should have got an extra 3% just for that, though. A, a quick shout-out to the band Deconstruction, which was Eric Avery and Dave Navarro shortly yeah. after Jane's Addiction broke yeah. up. I don't know who played drums on it, but it wasn't uh, yeah. Steven. No, it wasn't. Awesome album, though. A lot wow. of loops, though, too. Very forward-thinking. Yep. Some jams on there. There's some fucking jams Eric on that Avery album. Eric Avery singing. Yeah. Very uh, Joy Division-y voice. Yeah, he, he, I, think, I think maybe that was part of their tension that I'm just totally making up in my head. Song, but right? musical that, dif- actual musical differences yeah because yeah. Eric and Avery obviously can write and play driving bass lines amazing bass lines that mm-hmm. fucking most of this album is bass line it's just signature bass line everybody's doing their fucking share but you don't have this album without that bass no and, this band without that bass and that's what I found out when we were at the Gorge I was hearing them finally with yeah. Eric Avery it it sounded awesome. That's no slide on Flea, or no, the other no, guy, no, no. Uh, Chase something. The guy who played on Chase Str- Manning. The guy that played on Strays. Manning Chaser. The Strays guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Strays. Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. I forget. Uh, he's a great bass player. Dude, Eric Avery is Eric, pl- fucking uh, played with him for twenty minutes. Yeah, he, I think he was, and I think he was like, God, this Perry's kind of a douche. I got to get out of here. Yeah, he's probably from what I've heard. Notoriously laid back in the later days, Perry wouldn't allow them to practice 
unless he was there. Well, he's got to earn that 62%. And there's an amazing um, video podcast this kid did with like three episodes talking to Eric Avery about when they got back together and fucking what the practices were like, what the shows were wow. like, what they, what they, where his mindset was, what Perry was demanding. And... I'm Googling the shit out of this. Oh, dude, it is just slurp it up. It is so fucking good. Do you remember that show at the Gorge? And uh, he come out, and then they had words. Him and Perry had words at some point in the set. Uh, They didn't look like they were yelling or something, but they went and had a little huddle between two of them. And then he ended up sitting on the drum riser playing the bass for like the next three songs, sitting on the drum riser. Like, he bummed out. Yeah. Yeah, Perry told him something that bummed him out that he had to go sit on the drum riser for at least two songs. That's that's gonna carry through this fucking podcast because he was disappointed. Um, he was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah hold up, we're just gonna yeah, pause right there. Stick a pin in that. So so check out uh, check it out. I don't know where you're gonna find it. Just look YouTube and look for Eric Avery podcast. Jane's addiction. Fucking hit all the keywords, whatever. <laughs> but it's like a three parter, and. It's video podcast, so you're watching these two people wow. over Skype talk, and fuck, he dishes. Mm-hmm. He's just like, we weren't allowed to practice without Perry being in the room, and Perry wasn't always in the fucking room. He didn't, yeah. we wasn't showing up much. He was fucking pulling the, waiting for him to... pulling the e-brake yeah, on a lot of things. I don't like that shit. And he's so, the way he was describing it is he's so insulated. Granted, Perry's out there. But is also compounded by being insulated with anybody who's going to. Yes, man. I think I think like on that Prince level, because mm. Perry has enough money. He, this is how Perry said about having uh, uh, money. I don't know how much I have. I just know when I want a sandwich, I can have it. Yeah. So he's good. That's Perry a douchey be all thing right. to say. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I have a very complicated relationship with Perry because I don't think this band could have been this band without him. I do believe he is an essential part. Yeah. Uh, just not 62%. Like, he's one I of these agree. bands that... I'm with you. It's one of those bands that when I finally did come around to him, I came around to him kind of in spite of the singer. There have been other bands like that. Uh, like the Smiths. I couldn't get over Morrissey for the longest time. Now I super appreciate Morrissey. I think he's hilarious, and I can find things to like about him. Um, I'm not there yet with Perry. I, I understand. <laughs> and separating the art from the artist is very difficult. Especially in hindsight, or however, however you got to come up to that mm-hmm. conundrum. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, fuck Perry's Perry, and in the words right. of Adam Carolla, I mean, yeah. he's an asshole. He's an asshole. <laughs> the rock and roll world, world is full of him. But this song, probably my favorite song on the album. I'm going to say, Ted just admitted, about Ted Bundy, that's his voice in the middle. I didn't know yeah. that either. And also a commentary on uh, news media. Yeah, it's a fit very nicely in uh, what's the movie that, that it was in? Natural Born Killers. Very same message going on. Some of them sexy Those, drums. Dude, them flams is awesome. I will say the drums are very 80s on this album. All that reverb. Yeah, the sound of very, them. The, the <laughs> snare, that snare. So much verb. <laughs> that play between bass and drum, though, is amazing. That's a great rhythm section. They got a connection. Yeah. You know, they they never really get brought up as 
uh, rock bottom rhythm section. Yeah. That was a song right there. Before the guitar came, they were playing a song, the two of them. They had yeah. the song, this is the song, guys. And, yeah, and you just keep listening to that. Maybe in 30 minutes, he'd be like, oh, fuck, it's still going. Dave gets to do the cool shit on top of it. He's uh, Dave's uh, Kobe Bryant right here. You know, he, he needed a good foundation to really be able to, to, to fly. And with all the great L.A. bands of their ilk. Similarities. Yeah. He's got Flea. You can, you can be John Frusciante. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. God, boy. Didn't Flea just hold his own, though? That guy is so That's spunky. What I'm <laughs> He's got it. It's awesome. He's going to be all right. I don't think we're going to hit the Chili Peppers, though. Their second album is not worth the... Uh, the time yeah honestly <laughs> check my spotify play count at zero so this song starts um our understanding that every now and then they're gonna play more than three minutes yeah they got an epic or two in them yeah plus i mean what what genre do you call this song right here this is some crazy shit this is like what more is like it? something Susie and the banshees or somebody would oh, play great parallels between jane's addiction and Susie and the banshees yeah. for sure Lead singers um, look alike, but now they're sampling here. That's that well, you know, yeah. there's yeah. other bands that are sampling, but there's not there's not really any alternative rock band that's sampling. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They eventually do. You know, it comes around, but these guys are just yeah. something. Something that Perry had uh, was he enjoyed a lot of effects on his voice. He enjoyed playing with echo. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of throughout all their albums and shit like that. Just. Cranking it, cranking it faster and faster and faster and faster. faster. Yeah. I love the delivery on the Nicky Dandis feet. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a big fan mostly of his lyrics most of the time either, but I, I well, really like the lyrics. Of the, I like the lyrics of the song a lot. Dude, you just know candles are fucking burning when he's oh, yeah. recording this vocal track. You know there's candles in the studio with Jane's Addiction. They're lucky they don't burn it down. They all nod off on heroin and the whole studio burns down. You're like, what did he just say? Sex is violent? Yeah. Sex is violent? Does what? it have to be? Does it? Be? <laughs> man, man. Oh, nasty guitar over right there. Very dark, son. It's just so, it's like sexy, but in yeah. like a nasty way. Kind of like Perry himself. Like, he's, a very, he's like a sex symbol, right? Girls... A lot of girls wanted to have sex with him. I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I think types. He's very sexual. <laughs> Sexuality was a big part yeah, of his, he, his deal. Yeah, he's exuding. He's he's exuding and protruding, mm-hmm. all that. Dude, him, uh, you know, the look in Soul Kiss. Oh, my so God. So you got Dave Navarro, and he's, wearing, he's got long hair. come up with this? <laughs> And he's wearing, a, a, you know, a Hamburglar fucking long sleeve shirt <laughs> and stuff from like Tom that. York. You know, you got Steve Perkins, who's just got big, bushy, curly hair, no shirt, playing drums. Yeah. Fucking just going for because it's hot as fuck. Oh, they don't and believe in shirts in, in Jane's Addiction. Shirts they, are in, definitely optional. They, again, similarities with the Chili Peppers here in the in that in that time frame. Yes. Um, Eric Avery slumped over. Big dude. Big dude. Playing the bass, a Chris Novoselic before yeah. he before we even know anything about him, really. Big lanky fool dropping the bass. He's still playing the same fucking line. Yeah, I mean they're building Just it all on that groove in a zone. And we're, now, we're, we're at we're at uh, four and a half minutes here. Yeah. And so then you go to Perry with the white dreads and fucking a <laughs> girdle. Yeah, yeah, a corset that's like also a skirt. Like yeah. he just wore it lower or what the yeah. fuck. 
crazy boots hopping around pierced up you have no idea where this guy's coming yeah. from and you probably never saw anybody like him before no. unless you were in that area and honestly i was like give me a break dude for sure <laughs> but but what i loved about his style was he wasn't biting off anybody else's style you're like fair what enough the fuck is that fair man? enough um and he's i think the epitome of a singer that whether you love him or hate him you kind of want to listen Oh, he, you want yeah. to see what he's going to do? The attention is going to go his way. Yeah, he's a great front man. He's one of the, he was one of the all time front man. He did a great job playing with Soundgarden at the. Uh, I watched a bunch of YouTube footage I of see. the. Uh, yeah, uh, I thought I was like, oh my god, for real? Because I know everyone's got a fool's errand that evening to try to sing Chris Cornell songs, right? And I see Perry, and I'm like, oh, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> buddy, yeah. are they going to tune this one down? I, uh, but you know what? In all its Perryisms, it was actually pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's got that thing. I think Perry's got a lot in common with Iggy Pop, where they both know they don't have a great voice and they're just going to throw it out mm. right in front of you. Both anyway. have great abs. Yeah, but this, you know, not to focus on him though. Right now in the song, it's Listen, just going drums bananas. Go. And they. Hold so nicely. All drum solo, baby. Yeah. That's the length all drum solo should be. Agreed. <laughs> you talk too much. You talk too much to your scapegoats. Yeah. What? I don't know what I that means, to, but I, I like it. I felt like once I started reading the lyrics, I was like, I gotta step my game up. I gotta fucking learn some fucking lingo here. As you can tell, <laughs> yeah. I really, it really sunk in. We have a song in our set that ends with this just really super heavy uh, fuck over of a jam at the end. And I, there's no words to that part on the album or anything. And we do it live. I often just like slip in other people's shit. I'll do like school by nirvana or uh, <laughs> shut him down by public enemy you know yeah, throw anything yeah. in there because it's just a little groovy and I, I did one time throw in there with the tv goddamn images <laughs> nice. goddamn, well, it was it was fun this so, it. <laughs> this you know you kind of feel that angst you know you, it's angsty you feel this um um frustration with fucking with media and a barrage of just imagery coming at you and it's the sex end, and end violence. Of the Reagan era. Yeah. Yeah. Still holds true today. What are you going to watch on TV is sex or violence, basically. Yeah. You know? Um, you know? Unless you're a kid and then you only get violence, you can't watch the sex. You can't watch the sex. You got to get That'll older to watch the sex. Yeah. But watch this violence. Yeah. You end up standing in the shower thinking. I, did, I could live or, I could take or leave this song. Yeah. Honestly. It's some good... Excuse me. Some good drumming, though. This song allows Bin Caught Stealing to come because <laughs> fucking... Damn it. <laughs> Steve Perkins, amongst his uh, bombastic approach to playing the toms and, and just flurry of cymbals and shit like that, a lot of his beats, he swings. He's oh, a yeah. swing beat. Yep. And... Hey! You know, which gives fucking Perry... Ability to be like David Lee Roth right here, oh, you know. Just oh, caught stealing. It could have been a Van Halen uh, disc discarded off, like yeah, with the Diver Down album or something. They, they even do. Oh, I will get to there, but they got a song in here that reminds me of like Big Bad Bill, Sweet William. Now, oh, yeah, yeah. 
But listen to those guitar solos. It always sounds like he's like strangling the guitar a little bit, like, and then yeah, screaming for like help. Carmen Electra. He's going, ah! <laughs> Standing in the shower and thinking, pissing on myself. Yeah. You know what I like about the song is uh, lyrics. I, I like um, it's relatable. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about what makes a man an outlaw. Or a leader. Pissing again. in the shower. <laughs> just, while, just while I'm pissing in the I don't shower. I trust a guy that yeah. doesn't piss in the shower. I'm a piece of shit sometimes. What makes a man? I don't know. Are those guys or those guys? <laughs> Whatever. He, you do some heavy thinking. Urine running down your leg in the shower. That was actually the fourth verse that they cut out when you just said there. <laughs> you do some heavy thinking when you got piss on your leg in the shower. <laughs> I pooped a little bit and I crushed it down the drain. Well, Standing yeah. in the shower with some duty. <laughs> Dave Jurgen was like, well, let's pull back well, on that you know, fucking duty. We talk. really wanted that thing to clock in at about two and a half minutes for radio. So we're just going to remember, you know, no, no offense. We'll put it it'll be in the special edition. And I put some pantene on my finger <laughs> and I slip it in my asshole. I'm looking at myself in a fucking foggy mirror. Sorry, Pantene dude, and the sorry asshole, or it's so specific. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Ju- I just part of it with him too is I just didn't fully buy it either. Like I did. I know he's nuts, but I don't even think he believes all that all the bullshit he's put. Out I think there. I think he's so, just constantly swinging. Part of that is junkiedom. <laughs> like I, I have I have a problem with junkies and junkie bullshitting. Yeah, they're yeah. so full of shit. Yeah. They are. But some of the best musicians were just terrible junkies. But never forget, they're full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's well said, Jared. Oh, you like you like bass lines, kids. Thing about Eric Avery's bass lines is, within two notes, you know who's playing, you know what song it is, and you're kind of excited. Yeah, he's like the harbinger of rock. He's like the rock that shall come. Yeah, he's like John the Baptist for Dave Barrow's Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, know, Perry, man. you're not. You think you're erotic, Jesus? Guitar Jesus. Perry's look, look pilot, to your left. Dude. Look he's, to your left. He's Guitar Jesus. Pilot. Oh, for sure. Oh, he's fucking. He wishes he was a pilot. He's one of those guys yelling for Barabbas when we all know it. Don't like the lyrics of this song at all. Oh, come on. Shady Blades, instead of saying grass. Uh, listen, he's got moments of poetry. I'll give it to him. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know about this song. I, just, <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about all this. Stop. I'm a girl. Yeah. Get out of Get yeah. the fuck out of here. What are you doing? I want to buy you for a minute. I wanted this song to be our uh, senior prom song. <laughs> <laughs> you can't sing about wearing no clothes with your girlfriend at senior prom? No, and nobody went for it, and, and I understand. But what I... Uh, thought would be a good one the year prior was Don't You Forget About Me by fucking Glass Tiger or whoever the fuck that was. <laughs> Dude, to talk about, you know, an era here. True. Anyway, Senior not- Prom was 92, so, you know, we're talking four years after yeah. this album. I'm finally like, oh, fuck, this album's awesome. What? I think 11th, 12th grade. <laughs> it just makes me cringe so bad. I hate it. I hate it so bad. But uh, the song itself is nice. Have you ever heard the the third vocal track that's going through it? That's going at certain parts. Sex, 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 sex. 
No. Yeah, yeah. There's a third vocal track. Right away, subliminal sex there. Yeah. to the teens of America. Well, Maybe Tipper was right. Figure this. At that time, Kevin Nealon was on SNL, and he's just popular man. with his fucking subliminal sex. man. Actually, he's that, listening that was in the about, liner notes. about two years later. He's in the liner. I wondered why he was in the liner notes. That's him. <laughs> Kevin <actually>. Nealon. <laughs> I can see that. He's pretty hip. I've been caught stealing from Nealon <laughs> oh. on SNL. That song uh, used whatever. to drive my dog Lucy nuts because oh, sure. it had the dog barking in it. So she had to stick her face right in the speaker cone. Like, where the fuck is it? I heard the motherfucking dog coming from here. Well, she wasn't that bright, though. What? Well, no, she was because what a lot of people don't understand is that Perry studied in under yes. a veterinarian <laughs> for a while, understood the dog he language. Did something under a veterinarian. Yeah, he didn't just pull any dog bark. Ooh, that was, yeah, it was Let's a secret see. message to your well, dog. We cover that out. <laughs> Where we had summertime rolls still rolling, yeah, yeah. still rolling. This, this is a thing. six minute song. Yeah, yeah. Let's get, rid, let's get rid of that I mean, because it's serious though, as serious can be. Yeah. Yeah, don't. You really can't sing good enough to do this well? song. Perry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like that. I like the track. I'm not feeling Perry on that one. You know what? I'm gonna go with you in that. There's a few Anthony Kiedis moments where oh, he's another like, one. Uh, I love the guy. He's to pieces. He's one of my favorite front <laughs> men as well. But you can't do everything, man. Yeah. You still got abs. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You're good. I think he's gonna be one of those guys that has abs well into his 70s, like like Iggy, the yeah. aforementioned Iggy. You I don't know if Perry still has abs. He's kind of he no, looks good now, that, but he looks he looks healthy now. Like he's a little bit filled out. He's, yeah. He got better looking actually the older he got. Yeah, I he's think one you're of those right. guys that just got more distinguished looking. What well, you know, loving the pageantry after a while, he's going into wearing the suits and the oh my god with the bro cream and shit. Yeah, exactly. He's the ready for Vegas. Almost pompadour. He is ready Dude. for Vegas. Perry in Vegas. Come on, it would it would go. You know what's happening? Yeah, it's gonna happen. Dude, we should, okay. If that happens, you and I are going to <laughs> Vegas. It, we, we're gonna we're, we're cracking the seal on the New York trip. Yeah, but if that happens, we'll go to Vegas. We'll go check out Perry in, Ve- yeah. <laughs> in Vegas. He's gonna do Dude. all the hits from like Jane's porno. He's gonna do all oh, those pets, all the yeah, Jubil- hell yeah, all the stuff from the Jubilee and the satellite <laughs> party. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there'll be the circus performers and there'll be the dancers. Oh, it, Cirque du Soleil partnership. You for know, some, sure. something we got to talk about is pageantry. The pageantry. The rumors I'm hearing, well after this album, is when they play Ted Just Admit It. There's ladies on the stage and they're doing all crazy sexual vibrations and undulations <laughs> and there's just some sort of like raw visceral thrown it in your face element sexual element hard rock element i don't know they carry the, they go well together the band kind of carried that throughout a bunch of years after this they were sex and drugs and rock and roll that yeah. was their stock and trade yeah um this song I don't know if it's about sex or not, but it's definitely rock and roll coming down the mountain. This is this is right in Barry's sweet spot. Like this, if he could just sing like this all the time, him and I would be hundred percent cool. Bass lines for days. Again, two notes. You know what song it is. I saw him jump off of a, a two-speaker cabinet 
yeah. to start this song, and it fucking blew my mind. Because I had heard he jumped around a whole bunch, and then he did. Dave just sawing away on the phone. A little bit, you know what I'm just realizing right now? A little song we used to play called Dark Wave. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I could, if I had some yarn and a big board, I could make strings. <laughs> I think they might be attached. We do have a commonality with Jane's Addiction. Um, and, and again, that'll be, not again, I'm telling you, now for the first time. Okay. Again. Whatever. It'll, we'll come to it. <laughs> oh, okay. Bury your lead. Yeah, sorry, dude. Cash in, Miss Smith. Miss Smith. Cash in now, honey. Who's Miss Smith? The, what they're talking about is getting off of drugs. Uh, and getting uh, trying to come clean. Coming down the mountain. Yeah. I gotcha. One of many children. One of many children. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. She um, had pin eyes. Yeah, the pin eyes is the idea yeah. that when you're fucking wired. Yeah. You know? Everybody has the same opinion. Nice doubling there, but not just immediately doubling. Yeah. Tasteful. Yeah. And nobody really sings live backup vocals in that band, do they? Uh, no. Kind of just him and his little box. He's got to make do. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I always thought maybe Eric Avery could. Right. <laughs> but uh, he would have to get more percentage. Yeah, probably. Yeah, at least 5% extra for that. Yeah. Perry says, fuck you, I got a box. It's, it's, it's This band necessarily had to end. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's a bummer, but I don't think they were going to... I think they're the epitome of... Friction in a band that makes something great, but it's not sustainable. Yeah. They influenced a lot of people, though. They launched thousands of bands just trying to be them. I always thought Maker could have had a little more, um, you know, juice in it if we were we were at odds. <laughs> right? That's yeah. the problem. We've always been in bands of who we actually like hanging out with. Yeah. You're not going to get anywhere that that. You, you know, you're automatically killing your success as soon as you make that a fucking rule. Yeah. Yeah, God. gotta find some assholes to be in a band with. Or I gotta start being an asshole. Maybe I gotta, t- I gotta, re- I gotta be the change I want to see in the world, Chris. Step, step up your game. Yeah, my asshole game is going up a notch this year. Yeah, get a Grammy Finally. next year. Finally, get a Grammy <laughs> next year. <laughs> <laughs> Cash in now, baby. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's, I said, it's a great it, tune. Ted, this one and Ted just admitted are like the real standouts. Yeah, Ocean Size. Yeah. Also, I mean, that, those are the bangers. Those are like the big live songs that are like everyone wants to hear when they play live because yeah. they're just made for big spaces of people to rock out. Right, and the stuff next to it is the more melodic, softer shit. Yeah, you know. I don't remember how it must have been. I don't really remember how old I was when I finally got hip to them, but it was like the same time I was getting hip to everything else, like REM and and everything that was happening in our backyard yeah this song Idiot's Rule I like this song a lot I like horns though it's great it's also it's, a good, a, it's funky they're like yeah we can be funky too you know Fleet plays the trumpet on this yeah and uh, what's his name Moore uh, De- 
Angelo Moore. Yeah. I almost called him D'Angelo. Yeah, from Fishbone. Angelo Moore from Fishbone on the trombone. So here's another politically charged song. It's about um, you know, people in politics who uh, you kind of think are idiots. Pigs. Or right. idiots. That's yeah, a different idiots. song. Yeah, pigs. yeah. <laughs> I, think I think they're all pigs. But that, that also has a political slant to it. A little bit. That's a, that's a funny thing about these guys. Singing about, isn't the summer nice? And that fucking politician's an asshole. <laughs> and the news is just cramming sex and violence down your throat, and it's just a TV show. That's just, the news is just a fucking TV show. And, uh, uh, you know, the weather. Well, we'll get into Ain't No Wrong, Ain't No Right on the next album, which we probably won't do third albums. But they're all over the map. They're hitting politics. They're hitting environment, you know? Uh, they're hitting that... Which just kind of makes you feel good. Um, and also, I do a lot of drugs and I need some help getting off of them. This is my, this is my uh, one tie to trying to be at least somewhat sane. It's a, you know, yeah, I get it. a little art band. It's a neat, it's a, it's, you know, it's a neat album. This, is this the one in the middle? It's got the big rap in the middle. Of, uh... Yeah, motherfucker. I don't, I don't think it has a big rap in the middle. What's the one with the... Oh, it's, maybe that's pig, oh, that's Pigs and Zen. I'm getting this song, Pigs and Zen, yeah, a little yeah. mixed up. Well, let's let's go to it. All right. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Absolutely. We'll get there. We're we we going to skip Jane Says. This is on their first album. I know. I know. Oh. I think you feel this way maybe about how I feel. I felt about uh, High and Dry on the Benz. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is not your best work. But, you know, that's what happens. The band gets that big ballad. And they either spend the rest of their career trying to chase it, Goo Goo Dolph, and uh, a lot of other bands, like Bless Stained, you. all of a sudden went soft rock after, you know, you get that, you get that battle that goes over, and then you feel like that's what you gotta do. Jane's Addiction. They didn't do that. Um, uh, I'm gonna list a few bands here. Uh, Jane's Addiction, yeah. <laughs> Tool and Radiohead are just three of the bands that. I like seeing live. I hate that their crowd is there. And I feel like I should be one of seven who really appreciate their music unless everybody else is cool. I don't, you know, it throws me off when I go to these shows. Yeah, I get that. And it's, it's, the song is not a bad song. Also about kicking drugs. Yeah. We got a theme going here. And it's not a happy theme. It's not saying I kick drugs. It's saying, eh, maybe we'll try maybe to tomorrow. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Awesome theme. That is a fucking poetically awesome Pretty theme. Pretty nice story. He paints a little picture when you're walking up on St. Andrews. Scoring. Yeah. Have you seen my wig around? It's pretty... Uh, good Talking about hawking a TV yeah. because your shithead boyfriend might be coming back. And I don't know. I don't fuck him. I don't know him anything. Yeah. If I could sell this TV and smack up tonight, yep. is that a term? By the yeah, way, yeah, smack up. I think that's a term. That's what smack my bitch up is about. But, but you know, you see, you see the fucking. I don't know. Yeah, you it's go, just. You, it's it's not every girl's favorite. <laughs> okay, not. I'm generalizing. Like I, but, this but, is my uh, wife's favorite Jane's Addiction song. Sure. And she's a very much a stop. She's a girl. Yeah, and you want to know something? I love all the songs, um, and there was a time that I really enjoyed this song. Before, like Matt Penfield, before it got fucking really <laughs> popular. Except for 
This is in 1988 when this album came out. Yeah, I didn't and it hear it. It wasn't popular until like 91 or 92. After, yeah, after being caught stealing. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's not like I'm early on the band or early on the fucking, I guess I'm early on the bandwagon. I'm not early in there. It's just not super representative of anything else they've ever done. And also the song that made me want to play the steel drums the most. <laughs> I bought a set of steel drums, 50, three fifty-five gallon drums oh, because of this song. It's got some dope steel drums in there. And it's one of those great songs that like you could teach anyone to play on guitar in about five minutes. Yeah. And in that, it's a classic song. It's a good pop song, but it's like what is this? That sticks out like a sore thumb in their whole like catalog. Yeah. And they brought it back from the first album. Like this is the se- it was on the first album too. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. Don't no. Lie. But a song on this album was. Pigs and Zen. Yes. Jane says was I feel like I heard I had now granted I don't listen to that first album very much if at all. Yeah, but was this released before this was out as a song before this came out? Right. The, the more you squint your eyes, the I more truth squint. does not make. I will squint. <laughs> I feel like I've heard like proto. There is not an inverse relationship song. to truth and tiny eyes. Yes, it is. I watched George Bush <laughs> Jr. Um, just get squinty. No, I'm telling you, it was a pre-album release. Uh, it was only in Texas. I got one copy. <laughs> but they do have. Um, a lot of their songs that came on later albums were early songs. Uh-huh. So it's it's one of those bands that didn't suffer from that sophomore curse, and probably because they of had this, the songs. they had the songs. Yeah. Mm. The steel drums are nice. Yeah, I remember they, they played this good. one a lot too when Flea came back. This was big on the Relapse tour. Yeah, you can bob to this, yeah. and, and and it's so easily digestible. It's a hit. Oh, you can't it's be that mad what at it. Do? But not your favorite, not my favorite. Hey, some good if imagery. you got twelve percent of the revenue of this fucking Woo! song, would you be stoked or what? Whoo! Still be doing this podcast. We don't only just talk <laughs> yeah. about that song. That oh, I sucks, still get a check dude. every what a week. Shit move. Because I heard Kurt Cobain, you know, did the did the uh, the big timing, yeah. and he got like fifty percent, and they and it was twenty five, twenty five. Because he's a songwriter, mm-hmm. the singer. People do pull that. Guitarist. I don't, yeah. So. We know how we feel about that. Oh. Big Bad Bill, Sweet William. Now. Oh, no, thank you, boys. <laughs> this is like the, uh, it's like a skit on a rap album right here. It's the and, version of that. And I imagine they're the ones playing this. I think so. But it's, they sound so out of time. It throws you off a little it's bit. It's like some loungy. And then David Lee Roth, I mean, Perry Farrell comes in at the end. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's like they're warming up to play just a gigolo. It's just some real nondescript jazzy. Yeah, and it feels like they've played it 500 times. Yeah. This is what we it's play just... when Perry's fucking around with his box over there. You're going to break into that that song. And he finally gets the settings right. He stands up with, thank you, boys. Boys. <laughs> That's that song is pretty inconsequential, but this, this is a good song too. It's got the rap in the middle that I don't care for though. Well, again, <laughs> another song that within the first two strokes of the bass fucking guitar, oh, this, you know what's coming. This is you, a groove you know on that this. song. Now this song 
was played on the first album. Okay. Now, this is their choice as recording artists to say, we didn't get a good enough take on that one. We want to do it again. Sure. And, uh, I understand that. And, <laughs> right? Here's some similarities between Maker and Jade's Addiction. We, we did that. We yeah. decided to have the same song from the first album show up on the second album. because okay, I think we could do better. Yeah. And it wasn't a bad take. We just want to take another swing at it. Yeah. And I feel, I feel that with this one. Because their first one was live. They didn't really repeat any of those songs. Some, most of their first album are songs that are jamming. But nobody refers to, nobody thinks about with Jane's Addiction. If you went from Jane Says, Summertime Rolls, Been Caught Stealing, and, and, and those trickle down where the, the most amount of people like them to the least amount of people know about them. The first album is riddled with it and not really often awakened. It's, it's, a, it's like a rainforest bacteria that we have no <laughs> ideas out there until we start cutting down more of the forest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which they had a song about, by the way. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, unreleased out. Psycom demos. Oh yeah, that's where I heard Jane says they're on the Psycom demos. I swear to God, you got the little skinny kid on the cover, right? Ah, I don't tell a damn lie on this podcast. I, I better look that up when we're done. But I'm gonna say that's where I heard it. Poor Mrs. Johnson carries a baby wrapped in a paper bag. I mean, just because it's the best song on that album doesn't mean you need to put it on this album. <laughs> well, there's a long history, and maybe we'll find it through this season of doing, uh, doing this uh, album talk, is bands that re- recycle or take another crack at mm-hmm. that, that song on the first album that's just good enough to make it to the second album. Yeah. And this one, for sure. they With studio production, this song oh, this is, is a, a better fucking version. This wailing. is a better version. Yeah. For sure. Now, live, he always breaks down his, oh. his, 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 you're calling it the rap. It's his little rap he does in the middle. His little he rap. He gets a leg tonight for sure. Another David Lee Roth in there. For sure. Oh, yeah, this is just fucking classic, though. I don't enjoy it, but I listen to it every time. I don't fast forward through it either. <laughs> I hate <laughs> listening. <laughs> Dude, he does. He gets obnoxious in some of these. Most of them are terrible. All good front men are gonna have to be obnoxious at some point. Fucking terrible, most of them. But this one's not bad. Solid little breakdown. Little cowbell in the background. Very Rage Against the Machine right here. Teacher stands in front of the class. (laughs) Lesson plan he can't recall. Totally. Also, this is like there's some tool in here too. I want no patience now. It's all that so era, so LA. He's got some stank on it. That's just unconscious just knowledge. knowledge. Some people should die. Oh my god, here we go. It gets real good. Huh, what? Wait, what was that? You gotta depend on me. Now, your vision is dead. That's some real bad Jim Morrison right there. <laughs> Dude, I, there is a heavy Doors influence through Jane's Addiction. So they're pulling from a bunch of bands. From L.A. From L.A., <laughs> absolutely. They are a lineage. And, and... Just like uh, those bands had their era, 
Jane's Addiction, I think, has that era it, sure. coming from L.A. They're, they're an L.A. band that blew up in, in a long tradition, they, eh, 30 yeah. years, of fucking bands blowing up from L.A. Where they got to introduce like that, Europe, that European like post-punk element to it, like that Susie and the Banshees, Joy yeah. Division yeah. shit, and throw that in the L.A. mix. And then, a little bit of Doors, mm-hmm. a little bit of Van Halen. And it was too much. It was beautiful. That fucking band blew up. They just, like, they could, they, they you know, they record an, uh, one album. was running too rich. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. Go ahead, Gasket, man. One more album, oh and, it's, and it's a fucking killer album. It's great recording. Stone Jams, very similar formula to this, where there's some, you know, some breakdowns, some epic songs, that kind of shit. Um, and then you... Almost by the time you, or at least I came onto Jane's Addiction, they were ending. And I mm-hmm. realized there was this whole like we hardly knew fucking you. 10 years that this was happening. And I, I just was, I didn't feel like I missed out on it. I felt like I understood I wasn't even conscious for that shit. <laughs> right. Which is, a, which is a neat thing to awaken to as a, an appreciator of any kind of artistic medium. There's, it's been going on. Right. Influences to influences. Well, it's to not influences. like when you'd listen to Zeppelin when you're high school, and of course you missed. It. You weren't even born, right? But like knowing you were around, you just weren't. Mm-hmm. This was going on behind your back, right? How dare they? Yeah. In dark alleys, oh man, and fucking steamy, sweaty sleazy rooms. Is the, like they were sleazy in the way Guns N' Roses were sleazy. Like you wouldn't leave them alone with your sister. I, okay. I have left your sister alone with a member of Jane's <laughs> Right, right. Where are you going with this? Uh, as soon as I said that, I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong. I spoke a lie. Yeah, yeah. I just got to say, I don't lie on this podcast. I just told a damn lie. But the one I trust the most, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's going to be all right. Yeah, I'm not, not going to say which sister or which band member. Yeah, don't talk about my sister on this episode. I won't, man, but... On the next episode, I'm going to talk about Bjork. I'm going to talk about her second album. She's got to be somebody's sister. Smoke weed every day.